am Julie Moran, and I am so thrilled to bring you my podcast, Limitless, Boldly Tackle Your Next Chapter. Today on my Limitless podcast, I'm speaking with certified dating coach, Demona Hoffman, who is the official love expert on The Drew Barrymore Show, LA Times advice columnist, and Washington Post date lab contributor. She gives great practical advice on how to navigate the online dating world, tips on what dating apps to use, how to set up your profile, how to screen someone, and so much more. If you're someone who wants to date again, but are afraid to put yourself out there, this episode is for you. Hi, Demona. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Julie. Oh, I have so many questions for you from my single friends. But first, (laughs) I want to know how a casting director becomes a dating coach. Well, it's actually quite simple when you when you stu- step back and look at the similarities. I, I was working as a casting director for CBS television, and I found that there were a lot of really talented actors that just didn't know what to do to get noticed by somebody like me. They Their headshots didn't didn't really stand out or they'd walk in the room for an audition and totally blow it. And so I started to teach classes for actors and how to market themselves and have headshots that would really tell their story and, and jump out of a lineup. And I was online dating at the same time and realized very quickly the similarities between online dating and the dating app or the dating profile. It wasn't even an app back then, but the dating profile photo that I had to use to get noticed by the kind of men that I wanted to meet and what they needed to do to catch the eye of a casting director. So once I applied some of those techniques to my uh, my dating profile, I ended up meeting my husband online. And, you know, that you could also compare the audition to a first date. So there's sure. just so many similarities. And once once I figured it out and cracked the code, I realized that I had something that could be shared with others to make their online dating experience a little less dreadful. (laughs) And it can be dreadful for sure. How long have you been, how long have you been doing this? Um, I've been doing, I started out writing dating profiles about 15 years ago, a little over 15 years ago. So, uh, I've been in the game for a really long time and I've seen a lot of evolutions in, in that time. I, ended up getting certified as a life coach and then specifically as a dating coach because I was getting people on great dates and they were getting a lot of likes and messages, but then they'd get to that date and do the same thing that was keeping them single. So I realized I really needed to add some more tools to my toolbox to be able to support them through the entire process. So that happened about 10 years ago and then Tinder came along and the whole game changed and they keep me on my toes. <laughs> it certainly does. How much would you say has dating changed since then, since you started as a coach? Well, there are certain things that are absolutely universal. Like the way that I created a profile back then is almost the same as the way I create a profile right now, because I always focused on this marketing piece. Mm. And I always realized that the your dating profile is just your calling card. It's not the place where you tell everybody your entire life story and say like, this is me. If you don't like it, swipe left. <laughs> you know, that means like, no, yeah. uh, or it's not the place where you also can really do all of the filtering for another person. It's just the calling card. It's just the first, first 
connection, like in, in casting, you call it the go see. (laughs) It's just the first time you connect. And then really, once you move offline and into the real world, online dating is just dating. And I've said that for this entire time that I've been coaching. I will say there are a few things that have been different. The speed of dating has increased exponentially because people have so much more opportunity. They have so many more options. And especially, you know, when we're talking about people in midlife who otherwise have their life pretty set. You're, you're in your career or maybe you're thinking about exiting your career. You're, you have your social circle. You know what hobbies you enjoy. And so there weren't as many opportunities back when I began this and online dating was kind of weird back then. People were very resistant to it. They, you didn't have an opportunity if you, you and your spouse divorced or God forbid you lost your spouse. You were like, well, we just have to wait and see what comes along. But now you have these dating apps where you can really dial in exactly what you're looking for and get back out there again. So I think it it presents a really huge opportunity that wasn't there when I first began this 15 years ago. But of course, with opportunity does, does come uh, more <laughs> challenges. I would say so. And you say that people should approach dating with compassion for every person they encounter. Can you elaborate on that? So as people are meeting more people, more daters online and having a wide variety of experiences, I've seen also a movement towards this. It became like cool to be frustrated with dating apps and, and to, to feel like everybody that you were meeting is just a dud. And I have always had the philosophy for myself and for my clients that every person you come across there's something to be gained from that experience. It mm-hmm. might not be a romantic connection. You might learn something about them that's interesting. You might learn something about yourself, about the world. It might just be the, an experience that's interesting in the moment and worthwhile to have, but not ultimately your partner. But if we look at it like it's not wasted time, I think that diminishes the frustration. And then you can also really see that the other person, I come from a philosophy that everyone is doing their best and people are working with a lot of different deficits of their past relationships, their family history, um, just their life experiences that they bring to the table. But I, I truly believe that everyone is doing the best they can in that moment with the information that they have. And that I feel like really flips your perspective when you're sitting across from a person and you're thinking this is not a match. If you approach it more compassionately and you and you look for the learning and the lesson, even if the date is not going to go any further, it really brings a different energy that is less exhausting and can help propel you into better dates and better connection. Oh, I think that's so important. I think, you know, you've referred to it as empathetic dating, which I think is great. Yeah. You're going to learn something, even if that's not the person you want to go out with. I, I love that. Yeah, you know, exactly. I love your book too, Spin Your Web, How to Brand Yourself for Successful Online Dating. And you actually say that you, the person dating is a product and that you are selling the product you just elaborate on that. Oh, people love pushing back on that. But <laughs> it's really that same philosophy I was saying earlier about looking at your marketing yourself. And this is your calling card. And the thing that I feel gets overlooked is that dating apps are really just the tool. 
They're just the tool to bring you new connections. It's not where you should be developing your relationship. It's not where you should be filtering through your, your, your dates completely. It's just the entry point. And I like to say you, you can be really frustrated if you're using the wrong tool for a job. So Mm. let's say, um, I'm terrible at construction, but (laughs) let's say I, this is actually pretty good analogy (laughs) under that, um, that understanding. I'm trying to hang a picture on the wall and I have a nail and I have a saw. Now, if I'm taking this saw and I'm blasting it against the wall, trying to get this nail to go into the wall, I'm going to be super frustrated. (laughs) And I'm going to say, I hate saws. Saws are the worst. (laughs) But if I get a hammer, it's going to go in a lot easier. And I'm going to realize like, oh, I was just using the wrong tool for the right job. Right. So that's really my philosophy on dating apps. But, you know, dating apps aren't all that's one piece of your uh, (laughs) just to continue with the tool the tool analogy it's what it's the most powerful tool in your dating toolbox but it shouldn't be your only tool and you do need to have a complete set to be able to go through the entire process from meet to relationship well speaking of dating apps which ones do you recommend i mean does it matter it does matter, but it's really individual and um i should disclose i am the official dating dating coach of OkCupid. So I do work with that app. Mm. Um, But I have my clients on a variety of apps. The important thing is that you're, you're looking for two things. One, that you like the dating pool that's there, that you go on that app and most of them are free. OkCupid's free. Match is free to join. Of course, Tinder and Bumble, they sort of revolutionize the free dating app experience. Um, They, they all have a pool of people you can see and and just check out once you once you join and see is this somebody that I would be interested in connecting with if you have gotten past that point the next question is is this an app that I enjoy using does the functionality work for my life so I'm a bit of a maximizer I like to have a lot of options like when I'm going on a vacation I want to research every hotel and Airbnb I want to look at all their amenities I want to look at the restaurant I want to look at everything you and me both (laughs) right (laughs) yes some people, that's too overwhelming. My husband is like, I don't want any part of that. Like, he's a satisficer. <laughs> if if there is a hotel that fits his needs, he's like, that's fine. And I think it's like the way his brain is wired, the mental load of considering all those options is greater than the percentage of, you know, percentage better that the experience might be. And he's not even thinking about the other the other options. So, he might be the kind of person who would have enjoyed an app like, say, Coffee Meets Bagel that gives you one match a day or mm. eHarmony mm-hmm. who curates a selection for you. And having all of those options on an OkCupid or a match might have been overwhelming to him. We met like way before any of those sites were even <laughs> a thing. So um, it was a different it was a really different time and there weren't as many people on dating apps. But you have to find the app that works for your lifestyle and you have to find an app you enjoy using because if you are just so frustrated every time you open your app, then it's it's never going to be a good experience no. for you. Well, how should women set up their profile, their photos, and what, what profile tips do you have that women should know about? Okay, it's my favorite. This is my favorite topic. <laughs> um, so 
as we're talking about marketing, I like to think of yourself as sort of the curator of the museum of your life. You're not going to put everything out there. It's not your Facebook page or your, your Instagram. It's just a select look at different aspects of your life. So we want to tell your story through your photos. And I find that's best done in about four to five photos. Less than that, and you don't have enough information. More than that, and you have so much information that you give them reasons to say no. And remembering that the dating app is just the tool, our goal is to get off of the app. Our goal is to get into the real world and start actually having dates or, you know, depending on where you are and what (laughs) what COVID looks like where you are right now, you might want to do virtual dates first. I think that has actually been a really positive um, outcome of the of pandemic dating is people are now doing more screening by by putting a video date step in between instead of just going right from the app to the first date. And let me stop you Uh, right there. How do you screen someone? You're basically looking for. So this be my whole dating philosophy. You have to begin with your mindset. Who am I? What am I looking for? What are my must-haves? What are my what's my one deal breaker? And the must-have is is a core quality within them that would be a long-term that that would be a signifier of long-term compatibility. It's not like they must enjoy playing tennis because you know, you might blow out your knee and suddenly you don't like tennis. It's like they are a kind and thoughtful person. And you're looking for signs of those things or signs of not having the red flag. The red flag would be something that is probably unchangeable about that person. Like you don't like cigarette smoke and they smoke and they've smoked for 20 years. That's probably not going to change because they fell in love with you or they don't like having kids and you have kids. (laughs) Like that, those are the different, um, those are the, the categories of must haves and deal breakers. So you're screening for that. And then you're screening for could I spend one hour with this person? And that's the thing that I think a lot of people, uh, don't, don't set themselves up for success with is the, the amount of time that they spend on the first date. It's, you have to get to know someone slowly over time. And so when clients tell me, Oh, I had a great first date. We, we had drinks and then we went to hear some live music and then we went for a walk on the beach and we were together for six hours. I'm like, Oh, mayday, mayday, mayday. It's a little too much too soon. You develop this false sense of closeness. So I like to just have an hour, hour and a half for that first date. So really the bar isn't super high to clear for that first date. And I, and I feel like you will be much more successful. One thing that a lot of my clients says has changed their dating experience completely is just doing a phone call or a video chat if you prefer. But I like the phone call because it's not so much information. Again, you're 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 kind of re- revealing information about yourself over time. But it's it's intimate enough where you can find out can this person talk authentically about the things that are in their profile? Like is this person a catfish? And that's a that's a real thing that's out there, but it's not necessarily I think sometimes people are like, "Oh, everyone out there is is <laughs> isn't who they say they are. And that's Wait, for those really who don't true. know what a catfish is, explain that. Yeah. So a catfish is someone who isn't who they say they are. They're trying to, they're, they're baiting people to get, to get money, to get attention, 
uh, you know, for other nefarious reasons, it's usually honestly most times um, because they don't feel confident mm. as themselves. So they might steal another person's photo um, from the Internet. It's actually very easy to wow. pick somebody else's photos and create this sort of dating identity for themselves. And we hear all of these stories of, you know, oh, this woman had her whole life savings taken from someone she met online because they they are they're not they're the exception. They're not the rule. You don't hear the story of like, oh, this person had a great experience. They had five dates with this person. Maybe it wasn't a match, but they had a really good time getting to know because that's not an interesting story. Right. You, you hear the other stories. And so, you know, there's a lot of. Um, really simple signs that you're you're not dealing with the person who um, you think you're dealing with. If they, I can give some of the red flags, and then we'll, we will come back to the dating profile. Let me ask you that. this: Do you do you recommend that first call be a Zoom call or just a phone call? I really like the phone call personally, mm-hmm. and you know, if you're worried about giving out your phone number, I, I actually think that people are a little too liberal with giving out their personal cell phone number. Um, because we don't realize, I feel like I'm, I'm telling everybody to be excited about online dating, but I'm telling you about everything that could go wrong. But I, I like for people to have the information so that they can be, feel safe and secure when they're doing it. But if you're worried about giving out your phone number, since people can, can Google search and find information about you based on your phone number, uh, you might have that person give your phone number away and then, like, let's say it doesn't go well, then you're starting to get spam calls or calls from their ex-girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> you don't you don't want to do that. So um, I have my clients get a second phone number and you can get this. There's different services. Uh, there's one I work with called Text Now that will give you a masked. It, it will basically give you a second phone number that you can use that will ring to your own phone. But it's not it's your not your primary phone number. Brilliant. So you can do that. And and then just hear their voice. You can tell a lot from the tone of voice that they use. You can tell if their if their accent matches where they say they're from. That's a mm. really big red flag. If they call at random times, either like random times in the night, like they're like, oh, I'll be available at midnight, <laughs> you know, and then they call you at random hours or they can only talk to you on the weekend or only during the week, because a lot of times it's not as much of an issue hasn't been um, since COVID began because everybody was locked down. But as things are opening back up, you know, there are people that aren't happy in the relationship that they're in. And dating apps do make it easy for them to go online and get a need met by either chatting with someone that's going to make them feel good or actually having an affair and going going often meeting people outside of the relationship. So you just have to be aware that these things are out there and then look for those, for those signs. If their profile has pictures that look really old or they have only a few photos or they have pictures that literally look like they're from a magazine. Yeah. Those are other signs, right? <laughs> Big signs. Yeah. It, yeah. Especially, yeah. For, I, I find m- mid life men, I feel like um, sorry for any of the guys that are listening, but I feel like their profiles are usually need the most help because they're not used to taking photos of themselves and describing themselves in that way. Like, I feel like women are groomed from a young age about presentation based on our culture and society. 
and men don't really get that same education. So, you know, if their photos are not that great, you can probably bet they're going to be more attractive when you meet them in person, but they're probably not a catfish. (laughs) Gotcha. Now I've seen you give great advice on the Drew Barrymore show. And one that stuck out was that you should have a line prepared in advance, letting the person know you're not interested. I thought that was a great idea. I have that line ready. Well, that's a kind of an extension of this empathetic dating philosophy. Like, the number of people that don't ever close the loop and, and ghosting has been a real predicament. Um, it's down now than it was before the pandemic, but still it's amazing to me when clients will tell me, Oh, I hate it when I get ghosted. And then I, I ask them to look at, well, where, where are you ghosting? And they're either ghosting people, you know, in their daily life, or there's like, Oh, I got all these messages from these guys, but I wouldn't go out with these guys. Hmm. And it's like, well, close, close the loop. Or if you go out with them and you're not interested, don't just walk away from it because it's, it's just easier not to talk to them again, or it's uncomfortable to have that conversation. And I find when I have clients switch to doing this sort of practice, usually the response they get, like they're afraid that that person's going to retaliate or say mean things to them or be really hurt and disappointed usually the response that they get is, thank you. Thank Thank you you for letting me me know. And I just, I really believe in karma. And I think it goes a long way when you just close the loop and let that person know you're a great person, but you're not the right person for me. They're usually grateful to not have to put time into trying to pursue you and figure you out and woo you if, if it's not going to go anywhere. Great advice. And when should you bring up how serious a relationship you're looking for? The first date, the second date, or should you never bring that up? (laughs) I'm a big believer in uh, being upfront and stating really what you want. And I, I, I find that there's a lot of fear around if I say what I'm looking for, and it seems too intense for that person, they'll run away. Hmm. But I think, you know, rejection's your protection. And if that person runs away, it means you weren't in alignment in the first place. I've seen way too many relationships that go, you know, a few months or even a few years down the road, and then you realize you're completely misaligned because you never really spoke what you wanted or what you were feeling. So I would say sooner rather than later. It should definitely be in your dating profile if you're dating online. And it in I I think it's it's fair game on the first or second date to just get a sense of what that person is is really looking for. I agree. You know, so many women and men for that matter think that shared or mutual interest are what determine long-term compatibility, but I know you think differently. Yeah, interests can change certainly. But the four factors of long-term compatibility, as I've seen, and I also work with couples in that early phase of the relationship as well, um, what they need to really figure out are, do they have shared values? Like, do they look at the world the same way? Do they believe the same things? And this is this is becoming more and more important. And at OkCupid, we're seeing that people are really dating based on the issues, about the social issues. Uh, more than they ever have before. 
And for, for better or worse, <laughs> I've had people on my, to, you know, right into my dates and mates podcast and say, don't talk about politics. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not talking about politics, but politics are now, it's now one of the primary filters. When I began doing this 15 years ago, it was maybe the fourth or fifth le- level of importance. And now people will say to me, point blank, cannot date somebody who's on the other side of the political spectrum. And even sometimes, like I write for the Washington Post uh, date lab and I write about blind dates. And I, I even had one recently where there I had two Democrats, but they voted for different candidates in the primary. And that was a deal breaker. Yeah. So, you know, we're where there's factions and micro factions. But ultimately, I I what and if I were coaching that woman that I wrote about in, in the post, I would have said, what 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 does it say about what he believes about the world rather than just assigning it to what this candidate <laughs> i think this would help a lot of people in the world to 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 understand one another but drill down to the level of what what are their values what does that mean about what they what they think and how they move through the world so that's one shared values common goals for the future if you are approaching retirement and this person has 20 more years of work ahead of them or, you know, you want to travel a lot and they they want to stay at home or whatever it is. If you look ahead 10 years and not just in this moment, but if you looked ahead 10 years and you don't see yourselves on the same track, you have if you're looking for a long term partnership, you have to really think about that. Yes. And then the other two can really only be be tested through spending time together. And that's uh, communication and conflict resolution, which means you're going to have to go through some stuff to figure out if you can resolve some stuff, right? (laughs) And then um, mutual respect. And that's just, to me, that's a baseline of any relationship. You might not agree all of the time, but can you respect one another, even if you're, you're on different you, you believe different things. You know, I want to ask you this. Should a woman reach out first? You know, I heard you talk about digitally dropping the hanky. Um, can you uh, talk about Drew, that? <laughs> Drew loves that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I threw out just off the cuff and she really, she really could wrap her head around. Um, th- the fact that women really, we always have been driving courtship. Women always were the ones letting letting men know if an advance would be accepted, right? Um, so it's the same, I think, in the the virtual space. And I, I mean, I've really been on this evolution since I started the Dates and Mates podcast, which was eight years ago, where I talked to different people of all different different, you know, orientations and relationship definitions. And I've really just expanded. I I feel like I've expanded my, my worldview. And I've always felt like women who take, I I just think that we, we get really stuck in these gender norms and these, you know, social rules that really don't apply to today's world. This was like stuff that was in place in a much more patriarchal society and yet we're hanging on to it because we've read fairy tales and we've seen rom-coms and they continue to promote this idea. And I have seen in my practice this entire time that women who initiated messages 
were far more successful. Wow. And the online dating data backs this up. And now women are taking a little bit more initiative, which is great. But still, if you think of it in terms of you're the one doing the choosing, you're you're selecting. And it doesn't mean like you're chasing them down and pursue, pursuing them. It's just letting them know that an opening is is being created and that there's a possibility for a connection there. It really, I feel like, levels the the playing field in love. And I, I just, I don't believe in this, these old ideas of chivalry and being chased. And believe me, I hear it from my clients all of the time mm. because we are so stuck on this idea of like, I, I want, I want to be pursued, but I'm like, I don't know if we want to be pursued as much as we want to be respected and have mutual respect. And for me, it looks like a 50, 50 partnership where we both respect one another and meet each other halfway. I, I'm not interested in being in a relationship with somebody who's only just pining for me and serving me. No, <laughs> you I, know? I love the mutual respect. You know, what do I say to my friend Jennifer who says, there are just no good guys out there? So this goes back to that mindset piece that I begin all of my programs with. This is, this is both who you are and what you're looking for. And also what are your beliefs about relationships or what, what is your, what is that, that phrase that may be keeping you stuck in the same pattern? Because if you believe that there are no good men out there, either one, you haven't looked right. Or you've, you've had continual experiences that have reinforced that men are bad or relationships are bad or relationships always end. And that's because we, we are attracted to, I know you know this, we're attracted to similar experiences and we are repelled by different experiences because they feel uncomfortable to us. And that's our biological conditioning to run away from things that are are different to be comforted by things that are familiar. But then sometimes the things that are familiar aren't that good for us. Right. But we'll be attracted to that because we're like, Oh, I remember feeling this way. I'm getting those butterfly feelings again. I had this feeling again. And you might, you're probably not even aware of how your brain is, is, is re replaying that conditioning again and again and again. But I'm all about rewiring neural pathways. I even did a, a plan for myself when I realized my dating pattern and I called it operation date. Nice guys. I gave it a name <laughs> because I realized I was really attracted to the wrong things. And once I became aware of it, I could, I could appreciate a nice guy who respected me and treated me well. And that became the thing that I was attracted to instead of the thing that had been familiar to me before. Oh, such a great answer. You know, we're about out of time, but I have one last question. What do you say to that woman who's thinking about re-entering the dating scene for whatever reason, and she feels overwhelmed with all the dating apps and the social media and just the thought of putting herself out there? What's the best piece of advice that, that you have for her to get started? Well, first, it's just to acknowledge her, empathetic dating, I would say, your experience is real. There is a lot to take in, but we don't have to take it all in at the same time. So my advice would be to just start, just mm -hmm. start somewhere, whether it's, it's 
taking a doing a photo shoot with a with a girlfriend and getting some pictures you can put in your profile or I have a profile starter kit on my website where if you're not sure how to write about yourself it has writing prompts it has and it's free and it's plug and play templates it can just get you started but you you can't you can't play if you're not in the game That's you have right. to get in the game get and get in the started game. yeah and then and then you can start to figure out how what the rules are how it works what you like what you don't like but if you don't get started and if you stay in that fear place because it's uncertain it's un it's unfamiliar to you then you're missing an opportunity and there's so much love out there and there are so many so many great men that are looking for great women that have taken themselves out of the of the pool just because it it seems overwhelming great answer for my friend Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) Demona, you are absolutely wonderful and I'm so thankful that you came on the show today and anyone who wants to learn more about online dating or dating in general, they should subscribe to your podcast Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman or I say buy your book, Spin Your Web, how to brand yourself for successful online dating. Thank you so much again. I just loved having you on the show. Thank you. I really loved being here, Julie. All right. Take care. Thanks so much for joining me on Limitless Boldly Tackle Your Next Chapter. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know when new episodes drop. You can also keep up with me on Instagram at It's Me, Julie Moran. Stay bold, everybody.